Brilliant Misfits, Episode 57, Art Making Love Affair, with artist Zom Osborne. You need to actually physically put it down somewhere, whether, you know, like with the writing or the sketching, because once you bring an idea into physical reality, that's when it can start to change and grow Hello and welcome to Brilliant Misfits, talks with women who are the renegades, the creatives, the entrepreneurs, the artists who didn't fit in and how they've turned it around by courageously following the beat of their own heart. We'll be discussing all things creative, mindful and artful to inspire you to do it your way and be brilliant with your host, Asia Kennedy. Welcome everyone to Brilliant Misfits. Thank you all for being here and if this is your first time, a double welcome. I really appreciate all of you who tune in and listen and I just want to remind you that if you like a particular episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review. It really helps other people to find the the show and share the messages that um, are on the show. I, I interview a lot of women from all different walks of life and they're always brilliant at what they give, what they share. Their personal stories are inspiring. And today I have a beautiful artist friend of mine who's agreed to come on the show. So I'm absolutely thrilled. Her name is Zom Osborne. And she is an artist who, she describes herself as an artist who lives in the bush of New South Wales, Australia. Now I know Zom was originally born in the US and I'm not going to talk much about that. I'm going to let her um, tell you her story. So welcome, Zom. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks, Asia. <laughs> You're welcome. So I wanted to jump into something that you wrote to me that really jumped out. And I find it fascinating because I think it's a very common thing. And uh -huh. you talked about, you know, going, you were born in the U.S. and you majored in fine arts at the University of Washington, and then yeah. you did a bunch of other stuff, which I'll let you talk about. But you said, finally, when I was 29, I decided to try and be what I had wanted to be since a child, yeah. an artist. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go into that story a little bit, because I think it's a common theme. I know I was like that. I felt mm -hmm. when I was born, and I was born as an artist, but I pushed it aside, and I had my own stories and reasons why that happened and why it took so long to get back to my true love of, you know, creating and doing art. So what was it like when you were growing up and you probably did artistic things, what was it that sort of pushed you off that path a little bit? Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, because when I look at photos of myself as a child, I'm really surprised at the huge percentage of them where I'm drawing. Mm. I, I don't remember myself as drawing all the time, but um, I do remember being very creative with my sister and us making stuff all the time and doll houses and doll clothes and, and doing a lot of drawing. But, um, well, I won't blame my dad. <laughs> I do remember, he didn't, neither of them discouraged me. I, I remember that um, at one point he did bring up the possibility of me being an engineer. 
Mm. Uh, he was an engineer. And um, I was good at maths. But uh, I think that would have been a very bad choice for me. Do you think that being um, artistic or creative um, when you were growing up and, and with your particular parents and your situation, was that something that didn't really fit into, you know, the acceptable, socially acceptable kind of job? No, I didn't. I didn't get that. I, my, my mother's sister actually was an artist, hmm. but I didn't know her very well. Um, I think it was, I mean, my version of it is, it had a lot to do with growing up in the States. Mm. And how uh, so? I can relate to that. How would you describe because that? Because I feel like I just, you just got the sense that it wasn't, it w wasn't really an option. It, it, my parents never said, well, they said little things, but like, if I had to do it over, Instead of going to the University of Washington, I would have gone. I would go to art school now. Right. I'd go straight into art school, but but um, my dad didn't want me to do that, and uh, you know it was just from that space of you know it's hard to make a living as an artist, and and it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is really true. It is a really impractical thing to do. Um, but I think the message that I got in my head and it wasn't from my parents, I'm not sure. I think it was just from the whole culture was that to be an artist, you had to be a genius. You had to be like Vincent van Gogh or something. You, you just, you had to be a genius. Otherwise you weren't really an artist. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I and, think that's interesting. Two points that you made there. One is that, you know, it's not it's not the sort of thing you do to make a living. I think that's a really common thing that people um, take on board, and then they, you know, they get discouraged from even trying to be an artist or make you know go through that career path. And yeah, culturally is the other thing. And when you say you know you had to be a, a Van Gogh before you could do something like that, it means you had to really stand out. Do you think that's also the culture that of growing up in in the states? I do. I mean, it's funny because I I did stand out a bit in terms of of my art, but it just I don't know. Yeah, there was this this sense. I don't even know what it meant to be a genius, but. Now, you know, as, as because I teach as well, I think this is so crazy because how would you even know? I mean, it's not, <laughs> like you have to start, you have to learn and stuff. I mean, how would you even know how talented you are? And I mean, hmm. some people are just, you know, amazing from the very beginning, but that's such a small percentage of people. And and it's not uh, related really that much to how far they go with it because some people don't have the persistence to get a lot better mm, and so, then other people do. Mm, so, so you would say persistence is something that's really important if you're going to step onto that path of being an artist and really following that calling. 
Well, even, even I, I mean, it has been for me and I think it's what I see in my artist friends. Mm. Um, but even then I would be careful about saying that because you might not start out with persistence mm. and that wouldn't mean that you wouldn't gain it. Mm. It's, it's like, you don't know what you're going to gain on the way. <laughs> you don't know how good you're going to end up. You don't know if you're going to become persistent. You don't know if your work's going to improve a lot. I mean, there's just so many things you don't know. Um, so, I mean, much more the attitude now that if that's what you want to do, you give it a shot. Mm. So if you don't know, so in essence what I hear in you saying that, because when you're starting out and you don't know so many things, the what I hear you saying is that you just have to start and dive in and let it show uh, yeah. you and let it well, show I, you. I think so I mean I see with with my students you know people that are just stepping into their creativity mm. maybe they put it aside for many years or maybe they've never done it before and immediately we have this thing what I can see it in them where they're judging their work, you know, it's like, it may be the first, the first drawing they've ever done, you know, <laughs> or, you know, or even if it isn't, even if they've done lots of them, I mean, they're like, oh, am I good enough to do this? It's, it's kind of the same thing as me thinking you have to be a genius. It's like, they're, they're judging themselves before they've even begun. Mm. And, um, and I just don't see how, you know, there's few people that can win with that one. Yeah, that's a, such a good point, Zalm. And I hope that the listeners really um, tune into that, like really look at that, because I don't know what it is that makes us uh, become like that. But, you know, we do something for the very first time and we expect that it should be like fantastic or genius. And when it's not... Yeah. And the mind comes in and starts judging it like crazy. Yeah. Like that it really means something ridiculous. about you. Yeah, and that, that whole thing is of like, I'm not good enough to do this. I mean, that's deep. That's really deep. And I think mm -hmm. it's brilliant that, you know, people come and take an art class because they, you know, their soul probably is really missing that creative yeah. aspect of their lives. So they say, yeah, yeah I'm going to join this class with Zom. And then all this stuff comes up. But this yeah. is the this is the gold, I would say. This is the gold because this is the stuff that gets in the way of living life fully and in any, you know, creative endeavor is all those things that come up, the judging, the thinking you're not good enough to do it. Like, yeah, I think those things are gold to be able to see. And if it comes up after your first drawing, you should be celebrating. <laughs> If you know well, what I mean. Well, the thing, too, that I've seen with, with students and with myself is, I mean, when I was learning and going to art school, um, I saw other students that were more talented than me. Um, but now I'm better than them. And that and, just came from continuing to do it persistently. I think so. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, and I don't mean I don't mean that in any way putting them down. They they stopped basically. It was like people would come in who were really talented, and it would be kind of like, oh, I can already do this, and and some of them, 
And um, they they couldn't, but they they definitely started out ahead of the pack. Um, and then there were other people, you know, I was probably in the middle or something. And then there were other people that came in and I thought, you know, I thought, oh, wow, they're <laughs> poor things. And they just slowly got better and better and better. I mean, you just, you don't know where you're going to end up and you don't know where somebody else is going to end up. So in essence, what I hear in that is the whole thing that we often do just as human nature is that comparison thing. You know, um, I guess we can't help it to a degree because, you know, we're thrown in with other people and we observe and we perceive and, you know, but then to be able to catch our mindset when we start to compare in a way that's going to impact us negatively, perhaps, you know, like thinking. Well, so, that, yeah. Sometimes I, <laughs> one thing that I like to say to my students, especially at the beginning of a course mm. is I'll say, I'll say, look, no offense, but you don't know enough yet. To judge your work. Mm, good point. It, it's like you don't you don't even you don't know what's good or bad yet. And and so it, it's not even a thing of comparing, it's a thing of just I think just to realize that you don't know is is kind of enough to get you out of it. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think that's you know, that feels even just saying I don't know, it feels like it gives you some space to explore, you know, to see what's going to happen rather than, you know, I guess we're taught, we're, con we're so conditioned sometimes through school and society to know, you know, we've got to know, we've got to know, like, you know, in school, you get the gold star for knowing. Yeah. And, right. you know, to step into a space, I would say more, more aligned with Eastern religion and philosophies of stepping into those spaces of not knowing is not very common in our Western world. And so it really can be, um, it can really throw us off. Yeah. It's entirely different than what we're, what we're used to. Mm. It's very different than what we're used to. Now I, I think everyone's creative. I mean, I know everyone's creative. I just think that, you know, if we, if you're born, and you're alive, you're creative just because we're part of um, everything. We're part of the universe. It's a very creative place. You just have to look around. Um, so I want to talk a little bit. I want to unpack creativity with you because I know that you're quite passionate about this as well. And in fact, haven't you done some courses um, about creativity, the secrets of creativity? Could you talk about that a little bit? Uh, it's a course that kind of came through me and uh, I called it I call it the six secrets of creativity and I I lead it every once in a while and it was um, I didn't look into it before we <laughs> before we decided to have our interview but um, they were they were six points that I thought weren't necessarily um, known or wouldn't be necessarily intuited about how you can enter your creativity. And um, it's an ex experiential course. So it's very much about people doing them because um, 
I'm happy to give away the secrets, but I don't find it's always that helpful mm. unless people actually do them. Um, but perhaps you could um, pick one or something and just yeah, say yeah. what well, that is and then what people what sure. happens with people when they do that one thing. That would be really interesting. Okay. Well, the, the one that I think is probably the biggest one, and especially as an entry point, is, is really, really valuable, is the idea of having a place to put all your ideas. Now, usually when I'm teaching the secrets of creativity, I'm also teaching art journaling. So I find that a very convenient place to do it. It could be a sketchbook. It can be any form that you want. But the important part of it is to have some place to put these ideas. So every time you have an idea, to put it somewhere, to write it down, to sketch it, to, I don't know what else you'd do. <laughs> I guess that's the artist in me. I, I usually write it down or sketch it. I mean, you don't have to do a sketch, but you can. Um, and have some place to put it. And part of what's really important, there's a few aspects that are really important about that. One is that then you don't come up against this, you know, the blank canvas thing mm. where you think I want to paint today, but you have to figure out what you're going to paint and how you're going to paint it. And, and maybe in that moment you don't have any ideas, but if you've been writing them down for the past week, you're going to have something. Um, the other part of it is that I emphasize it's really important to write down all your ideas and not just the good ones. Yeah, in and other words, don't edit. Don't edit. Don't mm. edit at all at this mm. point. There's a certain point where you can bring editing in on your creativity, but it's much later. When you're, when you're opening to inspiration, it's really important not to edit. And um, the few different reasons for this is one that we've kind of already talked about is that you don't actually know what are good ideas and what are bad ideas. The other one is that often I find for me and my students, when you start to write an idea down, it changes as you write. Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah, it can, it can actually, I'll think I'm just going to write a sentence down. And as I start to write it, it becomes a couple paragraphs and becomes more elaborate. It's almost like uh, I've created room, you know, for it to go somewhere. Mm. Um, if you don't write your ideas down, if you think, oh, I'll remember it. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you, you won't. <laughs> you often won't. No. I mean, just so many times you won't. And the other thing is that you um, is that your head gets full. I, I remember a student coming to me years ago and she said, I have so many ideas in my head and I just have to get them out. And I said, yeah, you have you have what's called creative constipation <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it blocks the flow. And and the thing is that often when we're working beginnings, it could be beginning anything, but especially when you're beginning to just get to know your inspiration, 
often the ideas that first come through are kind of um, the cliche ones, the the obvious ones. Mm. Um, it's 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 like they're on the top for some reason. I don't know what that is, but they're kind of on the top. So it's it's easy to 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 judge them because often they aren't that good in the beginning. And it's almost like my experience is almost like you have to get those ones out of the way. You have to get them out and buy out. You have to put them in your journal, your sketchbook, or wherever it is you're putting them to let the ones that are a bit deeper have be able to come through. I love that. I love that image of, yeah, all the sort of common ones are at the top and then, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I, you know, I, I often talk about this too. I, I like to think of ideas that come as gifts because actually they really are like, you know, not just toss them away, like think that they're all jewels and we're going to put them in this place and honor them actually, you know, and not judge them or edit them right away, but just honor everyone that comes through, like you say, and put them down in the place. Now I'm going to ask you this because. <laughs> oh, there was just one more thing before, okay. I, yeah. before I forget it. Yeah. It's kind of funny is that, that I say often the ideas have babies. So it's like, <laughs> it's like as well as them changing as you write them down sometimes, sometimes they'll just be there, but then they'll have babies. So it's like because you've written them down, you'll get other ideas that'll come through kind of off that idea, which of course is how as artists we come up with series. Mm you know, all based around one idea because you, you start one painting and you think, well, what if I, you know, or what if it was like this or what if it was like that? So those are what I call the, the ideas babies. <laughs> Love that. The idea babies. But I wanted yeah. to ask you something too because this often yeah. comes up. And I know we're talking about art, but, the, you know, this is really relevant for everyone because we all get ideas. So it doesn't yeah. matter if it's an art idea, you know, you're yeah. working on a series Anything. I mean, people course, in business, yeah. you know, they get Absolutely. ideas about their business. Yep. So this is, you know, this is a, a great tool for everyone. And I've mentioned it before on the show as well about putting your ideas down. But here's the question. <laughs> you know, you know how ideas come when in the most inconvenient of times, like you dra <laughs> <laughs> you're driving or the, uh -huh, the yeah. one I hear everyone say, well, what happens like I'm in the shower uh -huh. And, um, yeah. you know, so people saying, so what do we do like when we're in the shower and we're getting ideas? Yeah. So yeah. one of my... You come up with ideas for that, couldn't you? Yeah. Well, one of my ideas was to sing it while you're in the shower until you get out and you can write it down. <laughs> I wonder if there's some kind of whiteboard that works in the shower. I don't know. But anyway, that's <laughs> the, I mean, it's interesting. But I mean, it? you've got your memo thing on your phone. Yes, I've, that I've definitely used that when I'm in the car. I just I might I usually pull over, but yes, I you know and, too, and yes. just say it into the phone. Exactly. So that's yeah. one way. Definitely, I've done. And that I have too. A, I usually have a notepad by my bed because it often happens to me at four in the morning. In fact, a lot of my classes come through that way. Mm. Because yeah. as you're saying, you know, it's 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 all creativity. Whether you're coming up with ideas for your business for classes, for your garden, mm. for 
the dinner party you're going to make. I mean, that's all those things are being created. Yeah. And I think like when we were talking about, and you were mentioning that, you know, the sort of obvious ideas come out first when you're writing them down, it's almost like the good ideas need space, right? <laughs> so, you know, I was often thinking about um, creating space for creativity because you can't force it. You can't force ideas that, you know, it, it does kind of need a little bit of space. So that's why sometimes when you're in the shower and you're relaxing and you're not, you know, that your ideas will pop through. Um, and so I think, you know, I was thinking about flow states as well as like when you're in a creative act or doing something that you love and you forget about everything else then I think the idea babies things comes comes through as well it's it's interesting I mean I hear uh, you know a lot of artists talk about a flow state I, I've never experienced it what well what do you think it that is happen. it doesn't happen for me do you I don't know what it is because I don't I don't experience it well, maybe it's just the description of it. Um, for well, me, well, I know some people talk about time disappearing and, you okay. know, then they look up and four hours have passed and I'm just like, it's never like that for me. Mm. But so, I know, I mean, but you do get absorbed in your work. Yeah, I do, but mm. time doesn't disappear. Well, or, that that might know, not be point. your expression of flow state, might not have that component, but it might have something else that you know yeah okay I, I don't know I, I don't don't know yeah mm. I think it to me flow means that you know you're so involved in what you're doing there's a there's sort of this I don't know this sort of enjoyment that you're just there alone doing your thing and um yeah it's just a, a sort of a pleasurable activity for the most part uh-huh yeah hmm. well yeah <laughs> that would be something to talk about too <laughs> what do you mean well that that being an artist isn't all nice no you know that there's a and, and I remember somebody saying to me oh it must be so nice to paint all day it must be so peaceful <laughs> yeah and I thought no no, it's not actually. It's not peaceful at all. It's it's really intense. I find most of the time, I, it's gotten it's mellowed out a bit more as I've gotten older. But it used to be, oh, like it was a time in the beginning of my practice where I, I'd say I'd say to my partner, I'm going off to war. It felt like I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. so much like that anymore. But um, yeah, I mean, I find it really. It it is pleasurable. I mean, it's yeah. For me, I relate it to a love affair, really. Mm. So so sometimes it's it's immensely pleasurable. It, it gives a lot of meaning. It brings a lot of meaning into my life for me. But sometimes it can also be extremely painful. Yeah. What's your love affair right now? What are you doing right now in your artistic expression well I'm always a painter I mean I'm always that's always what I do mm. is is painting and drawing I'm you know kind of a traditional artist in that way there's other things that I enjoy doing that are creative 
uh, really into refashioning and I was in, uh, you know, I was doing art journaling for years. Mm. But, um, yeah, mostly it's just painting and, and drawing. I'm working on a, a series at the moment, which is a, kind of a continuation from my last series. And I find, you know, when I'm, when I'm in, a, in a series, I feel like I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life. It's just <laughs> in a nice way. Mm. You know, it's like when <laughs> maybe I'm thinking of that in love thing again, because I'm thinking it's, it's like when you're in love and you think you'll never stop being in love with that person or, you know what I mean? It feels eternal. Mm. That's and it, a bit it keeps you going, too, doesn't it? I mean, I think that's such an important component in, you know, creativity is the love factor, because when you're loving something, it does feel like you you could do it forever or that you're going to be doing it forever. And um, and when you say you're doing the series, did that mm-hmm. – I'm just tying this into what we've already talked about. Did yeah. the series come out of like your um, art journaling and writing ideas and it, it having, did. And having it idea did, babies actually. and then all of a sudden it, you were it doing did. it? It did. It did. I wasn't even – I mean, at that – and it's funny because at that point in my art journaling, I wasn't even using my art journaling so much. I wasn't really connecting it with my uh, art practice mm. because I was an artist before I started art journaling for a long time before I started art journaling. And then I started art journaling and I didn't know why I was doing it. I just, I just had this impulse to do it, and I started learning about art journaling and all the different ways you could do it, and and then I started exploring it, and it was like each art journal I would do kind of seemed to come from a different place, and I seemed to be learning other things. Like one of them had, one of the beginning ones I think was around my family and kind of uh, internal kind of work about my family and stuff, and. And another one was just experimenting with all these different mixed media things. And and then, yeah, and then about three or four journals in, these figures started popping into my art journal. And, um, and that was, gee, I don't know how many years ago that was. Um, and that's something that's continuing on. Yeah, 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 that was the beginning of, a, a series that I recently finished, but now has evolved into the series I'm working on now. And um, yeah, and it feels like I'm going to be on this track for a long time, but y- you never know. <laughs> you never know if that's really true, but I would be happy to. Hmm. I love, I love your, um, your perspective and how you describe it because you know, when I'm talking to you, there's so much openness in, you know, saying, well, I don't know where it's going to lead me and I'm just following this and, you know, these ideas led me to that. And, um, you know, it, it sounds like an incredibly intuitive process that you are on this little, you know, this art journey is a very intuitive process for you. And I know it's not like that for everyone. Some people really plan things out, Uh um, you know, uh, go from concept to execution. 
Okay. And, yeah. And, but no, you know, but there's different me. ways of working, and um, yeah, I like what you're saying because I talk to a lot of women who don't actually, you know, do art as such, but they're very connected to um, their intuition or. You know, they love strengthening that part of themselves to just follow this wonderful journey and just letting it lead them and not really knowing, maybe only knowing one or two steps ahead of them, but not really knowing where it's going to go in the end. And, um, yeah, I love it's that. A, it's, it's probably a, a funny combination for me because, I mean, you've seen my work. It's quite realistic and it's quite detailed and, it takes me a long time to finish a painting. So there's a lot of time. And before I start the painting, I do have a pretty good idea of where I want to go. Mm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not um, one of these wonderful abstract painters. Um, but, uh, and, you know, I'm usually working from sketches that I've made beforehand and stuff will change as I paint, but not not usually like the whole image. I kind of know, I know what it's going to be. I just may not know, you know, the exact colors or whatever like that. But you're right. It's, um, I'm very much kind of of the, well, it's not really school, but kind of the group that, uh, I feel like inspiration just kind of falls like rain. Mm. And, and, uh, I catch, I catch it and then it's then I you know not even intentionally I interpret it through who I am because you can't help but do anything differently so I often don't especially in the beginning of a series I I don't entirely know what it's about mm. and it, sometimes it's you know, like I might be a year in or something, I'm starting to think, oh, I think this is what it's about. Like with the series I'm working on now, because I almost always paint figuratively, um, there was a certain point where it was several years ago, I think, where the women, before they had been mostly nude, which wasn't about them being naked, but it was, and, and they had like leaves growing out of their, instead of hair and stuff like that. And then, then they started to come through and they were wearing these uniforms, army uniforms. Hmm. I, I know. I was just like, what? It's <laughs> like, what the heck? They were wearing um, from, from like the 1700s, the English red coats. They were wearing those kind of uniforms. Mm. So this and, just came through sort of uh, through your allowing, I would say, mm -hmm. that it, it came through. And then almost like you, you look at what's come through and say, oh, that's really curious. And then do yeah. you go and study that period of time? To I do. Oh, I do. Interesting. Wow. It is interesting. It's a really interesting process. I'll, and I'll have ideas about why. And, and sometimes they'll be confirmed and sometimes, you know, not. And I'm always very open to, to what, how other people interpret my paintings. Cause people will look at them and they go, Oh, well, you know, what, what's that about? And I'll say, well, what do you, you know, what do you think it's about? And it's not, it's, I'm not trying to be coy. It's, it's more about, I relate to kind of like dreaming, you know, like you, you have a dream 
and you don't necessarily know what it means. Mm, yeah. And, and so sometimes somebody else will look at it and say, oh, I think it's, you know, to me, she looks, you know, like she's upset about this or that, or she's happy about this. And I'll go, oh, well, that's really interesting. You could be right, you know, because I get, I get the expression, you know, and I don't even necessarily know exactly what they're feeling. I just know when the expression's right. Yeah. Mm. Now I wanted to ask you, Zom, we're just about out of time, but I want to go back to that. Uh, we painted, <laughs> painted, pun intended, you painted a, a picture of rain, like inspiration falling like rain. And I wanted to ask you if you were to give some helpful tip to someone who's listening today about how they can capture that rain of inspiration what would you what would you suggest well we um i don't know if i can add anything to what we've already spoke of just the thing of of capturing it you know whether it's through sketches it can be through sketches it can be through writing it can be through collage because you might see an image that sparks something in you. I mean, it's it's uh, often I think of a sketchbook or an art journal as a place to collect things. So I'll tell my students, you know, like if you see colors, certain colors that attract you, images, just collect them and put them, you know, glue them in. You know, you can play around with them with, with other colors or um, drawing with them as well. It's It's just that thing of, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think it's connected with what you said too. It's it's like honoring what attracts you and what sparks you, mm. and and bringing it into kind of a physical reality. Yeah. I, I say that's part of the reason that you need to actually physically put it down somewhere, whether it, you know, like with the writing or the sketching, because. Once you bring an idea into physical reality, that's when it can start to change and grow and maybe have babies. Um, but as long as it's in your head, it's in a different, if it's in a mind realm where things do not actually change in those ways because that's what physical reality is about, mm. about taking physical form and actually growing and becoming that's a great Entities. tip. That's really, really helpful. Yeah, because I think a lot of people do say, oh, I have all these ideas in my head. But really what you're saying is bring it into physical reality and do yeah. it in a way that's pleasurable and enjoyable to you. Yeah. Like, you know, whether that's writing or sketching or collaging or whatever way that you can actually make it physical. I think that's so brilliant. Just, you know, that really sets it into a very clear picture of, you know, taking something that's in the mind realm and just making it physical, even just writing yeah. it on a piece of paper is making it physical. And it then yeah. it can start to grow. Thank you so much for that. That's incredibly helpful. Now, I know in a podcast, I, I interview artists on podcasts and, and it's like, 
Yeah, but I want to see. I want to see the work. I want to see a visual. <laughs> well, so, of course you do. Of course. And <laughs> um, so, for the listeners, if they want to have a visual of your beautiful artwork, um, maybe they could go to your Instagram account. What would that be? It's Zalmos Born. Okay. So, and I'll have that on the. Um, yeah, I'll put always. that up on the show notes. So yes, you can go yeah. to Zalm's Instagram, and I'll have that link for you on the show notes and do you have a website Zom? I do yeah it's the same zomosborn.com great and you also do um an art letter every once in a while where you give you know you share things about your experience and tips and tools yeah so that's also available and I'll have that link as well so if people want to sign up and you know continue to be inspired and you know find ways to make their ideas more physical, then, um, yeah, and I'm sure you have lots of other things that you talk about that are interesting in that creative journey. So thank you so much, Zom. I'm just really, really deeply grateful that you said yes to coming on the show. I've been thinking of having you for so long. So, (laughs) So it's finally happened, and I'm really thrilled. And thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks, Deja. Thank you all for being here today. If you enjoyed the episode, please go to iTunes and give it a review and subscribe. And don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Brilliant Misfits. And for more information on living a creative life, www.asiakennedy.com.